Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. It's Sandy, and I am a dating and love coach at LastFirstDate.com. I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a weekly show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. And today I am going to be speaking with international speaker and author Susan Ball about how to get from broken to living a blissful life. As a dating coach, many women come to me when they feel broken and hopeless after many unhealthy relationships, sometimes They've never had a healthy relationship. So if you are feeling like love happens to everybody but you, I want you to know that that's just simply not true. Um, There just might be some things that you don't know yet and that are keeping you from the love you want. It's not that you are broken or flawed too flawed for love. Love is really our birthright. I think that was the tip I shared last week. And um, what's important is to identify your unhealthy patterns from your past and learn some new skills for living your best life and attracting your true love. Authentic deep connection and love comes to those who uncover their true selves and increase their self-love and self-compassion And for women, when you become a woman of value, you are like gold to the men that you like, the quality men that you like. So let's talk about how to be a woman of value. Every week I bring you a tip about how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is let go of toxic people. We all have toxic people in our lives until we make the choice to not be with them anymore. And so whether it is a friend, somebody you're dating, a coworker that you don't want to really engage with very much, or a boss, um, could be a family member. Sometimes you have to really disengage totally, and sometimes it's about setting clear boundaries about how you want people to treat you. So please don't surround yourself with toxic. Learn to recognize the signs and... Get those people out of your life and surround yourself with with people who love you and care about you. Um, And so two more things. Um, Make sure that you, after the show, go to lastfirstdate.com. And if you don't have it yet, grab my free guide, which is the top ten reasons why men pull away or disappear and how you can finally attract and keep the love you deserve and Please, if you're not already a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, don't forget the your, um, please join us. We have about 1,200 people now, and it's just growing every day, and it's I'm very selective about who I let in. So the focus of our group is to be positive and supportive and really have people have a safe space to share the ups and downs of dating after 40, and um, I'm very active in the group, so please join Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for our lovely guest, Susan Ball. She is the founder and CEO of Broken to Blissful. She is an international speaker and author, and she's also the survivor of an abusive relationship. She brings her intuition along with proven strategies to her work. 
and she is a regular contributor to LifeGrid, Huffington Post, and Thrive Magazine, and she dreams of living off the grid in her tiny recce house. (laughs) I'd love to hear more about that. So join us now for episode number 256, How to Go from Broken to a Blissful Life. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you, Sandy. It's really good to be here. Thanks. So let's start with what inspired you to do this work. You know, it sounds like you've you've had some experiences that were not good in your life, the abuse that you survived. So if you can share with our audience what inspired you to do this work. Well, I had a series of abusive relationships. They started, uh, you know, emotional, and then there was verbal. And then the third one was violently physically uh, abusive and I was almost killed and Mm. after that relationship ended after I left I said to myself Susan Ball what is the common denominator in all of these relationships and I recognized that it was me Mm -hmm. I was attracting these people into my life but the bigger question was what about me was causing that to happen? What was going on that, that I, was, I was putting this energy out that was really attracting manipulative, um, nasty people? So that's how I got into uh, self-introspection and finding out that I carried with me uh, a pattern, a self-destructive pattern from my childhood I had been abandoned, and although I thought that I had dealt with it, I had extreme hurt, uh, loneliness from it. So anybody who came along and said, I love you, I'll take care of you, I jumped at the opportunity to fill that void. And once I recognized that, then it was about taking the time to heal that wound from my childhood. And that is the work that I do with women is is that self-discovery of finding out what it is that keeps attracting toxic people into their lives. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, um, you, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. you know, most people haven't. No, I, it's, I'm, thank you for sharing, you know, the, the, um, you know, being very transparent with us and sharing this this painful time in your life. And I love that you were able to step back and really un, unravel what it was that that um, that caused you to keep going into these relationships with these toxic people. And um, I think a lot of people don't realize that the patterns start way back and um, – because it's not it's not always so clear the the connection you know in your case you were abandoned and that's that's huge um and a lot of people feel abandoned like people who were adopted often have abandonment issues um even if they they have a loving family um so even sometimes we think we were brought up in a really healthy environment um i there's somebody that i know who says my family was amazing. My parents were so loving, and I ended up in the most toxic relationship with a narcissist, and I have no idea why. And when I work with people, sometimes by digging a little deeper, you can find ways that even though your parents may have been loving, 
maybe they didn't give you the love that you needed or maybe you had to, you know, prove yourself to gain the love of your parents and so that's how you get love from your partners. Um, So can you speak to that a little, like in the times when it's a little more subtle, um, how do you you really make those connections? It's, well, sometimes it's difficult, but it's a process and I I start my clients out on an interesting journey um, of asking them what is it they want in life? What is it they desire? Because by answering those questions, we often get to the root cause of our pain. It's in the answer to those questions. So when I looked at myself and I said, what do I want? What do I desire? What is it I'm missing in my life? All of those things, all of the answers pointed to that childhood wound if that's Mm. making sense it's kind of like a circle it comes back so that's where I begin and that's how if it's a subtle hurt a subtle event then it those it comes up in the answers to those questions so as we drill down into those things that you desire and you want or you feel you are lacking or they're missing in your life then we start to ask the tough questions about childhood, teachers, parents, all of the influences in in your life who are adults will play a part in things that are missing in your life. Mm -hmm. Could be the dance teacher, could be your parents, all of those things. But it starts with those questions, and that's, that's the process that I learned for myself. I had to begin there. What was it that I was missing? What was, what was going on? What did I want? Mm hmm and so once you discover what it is that's missing, then how do you get it, get it into your life? Well, for me, it was once I figured out what was missing and I realized that I did have a broken heart from this abandonment issue, I started the process of really attempting to understand going on in my parents' life at that time. So when I work with my clients, I make it very clear that we're going back there to these hurts, not to blame, not to hold on to that anger or hurt, but to actually release it, to go through the process of understanding, learning from your parents. So I look back at my parents and they went through a very ugly divorce, horrible divorce. They had no money and they had no way of keeping me. I was the baby. So, They did what they thought was right at the time. Keywords. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once I got to that point and once my clients get to the point of understanding the underlying reason, what was going on, events of the time, putting it into perspective, then you can start to release and forgive and release and forgive. And just to be clear to your audience and the listeners, releasing and forgiving doesn't happen instantly. Um, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of people who they put it out there that once you make up your mind to forgive, it's going to happen. And it doesn't quite work that way. It's a process Mm -hmm. that you go through. You don't just wake up and say, I forgive you and it's over. It's something that you do probably daily for quite some time before you really generate forgiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that because so many people that I work with, I think that that they're going to have this change and it's going to not only be quick, but it's going to last like 
just one time, we're going to do this work, and all the anger you've had at your ex-husband for the last 20 years is just going to go away. <laughs> but um, it, it doesn't work that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm laughing. But, because, yeah, I know. <laughs> so actually, I did this this the, a very deep healing work with a client recently about some anger she didn't even realize she was holding on to about her ex, and it was really getting in the way of her finding somebody new. And she said, she wrote me like an update, and she said, I I don't think that I've, you know, it's not really gone away because I, I had I had it come up again, it bubbled up again, but I but I I noticed it and I was able to really work through it really quickly this time. So I was like, yes, that is progress. That is the process. It's not that you instantly lose it. It's that you know now how to process it. And I think you know you're you're mentioning the process. It's so important for people to realize like if you've spent 60 years building um a certain habit um you're not going to lose it in a you know one hour session exactly and and i do have clients who come to me and they will actually say to me so after i speak with you i'll basically be over this no (laughs) (laughs) no you'll be on the the path You'll be on the right path, and you'll have tools, but you won't be over it instantly. Mm-hmm. I like that making that for clear sure. because, yeah. Um, so something that um, you say this is uh, this is something I really want to go a little deeper into um, that it's important to let go of of why of the why. Um, and I I know that you know when I when I've gone through crisis. I I really never go to the why. It's more about, you know, what's next or what do I have to do um, or what am I learning from this. So um, I'd like you to go a little deeper into why it's important to let go of why. One of the things that I noticed when I went through the recovery process, and I'm from Canada, and my abuse happened in the province of Ontario, and in that province, just a little bit of background, when the police charge him, it's automatic. You don't get to. They charge him. They put you in what I call now the recovery industry. And they put you into group counseling and so on. It's mandatory. So I had to go to these things. And what I noticed and what I observed over time was that we all sat around, told our story over and over again, and it almost became competitive and then we'd all talk about the why, why we thought he did it, why he might have done it, why we could have done things differently, etc. And that was our hour of counseling, just this loop of why and the story and why. Mm. And I recognized really quickly that any question, when we're looking at somebody else other than ourselves, when we're looking at somebody else and we're asking why, the only answer that's going to come back is excuse. It's an excuse. So mm-hmm. I can sit back and I can say, Sandy, why did you do that? And it, and I yeah. can sit here and say, well, she might have been tired. She might have been, you know, maybe somebody phoned her and, and made her angry. And all of those are excuses for your bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So when we come out of these abusive relationships and we're stuck in what I call the why loop, why did he do it? Two things are happening. We're keeping ourselves attached to him, 
he, we're dragging him along with us, which doesn't uh, speed up our recovery. It slows it down. And we're reflecting on his issues and not our issues and our healing. So it has a double negative. You're attached to him and you're not looking forward. So both, it's, it's just a double negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we can't answer why also. So when it comes to, this is like if somebody did something and it hurts us, and then we ask ourselves why, why, why. Um, I think a lot of people also ask themselves, why did I stay? Why did I tolerate this? Why, why, why? Um, I know in my case, when we gave birth to our first child and he had a genetic disease, my husband kept asking God, why did you do this to me? Like, to me, you're not going to get an answer to that question. Um, and it and it paints you as a victim. So that's another side yeah. of the why is why did why I'm such a good person? Why did that happen to me? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. But when you get out of that loop, you can actually get into action. So so yeah. So you're breaking this pattern of excuses and blame, and then what? And then you then you find yourself stepping into being responsible for your own happiness, your own joy, your own life, all of those things, because you're not looking at other people to fulfill things. This is why we, this is why we ask why. If you are in some way um, bringing forward past negative um, experiences into new relationships, that's the first thing, you're looking at other people and you're, to fill a gap, to fill a void, to, to bring you happiness. Uh, you know, the old saying, my better half, all of mm-hmm. those, those kinds of sayings. So when you're in that situation, you're going into a relationship almost as um, an unfulfilled victim to begin with. And mm-hmm. it's very easy for you to sit there and say, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on in my life? Because you're looking for somebody to bring you happiness instead of doing it for yourself, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And when we heal ourselves and you are looking at a relationship because you want someone to be your partner and to co-create a future with you, then you don't fall into the why, victim, this is happening to me. You are more apt to have a conversation with him. You are more apt to fix something immediately, move on, let go of, and all of those things. Because you have value, you value yourself, you have self-worth, and your relationship is a partnership. You're, you're not looking at that person to fill a void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a big so important. There's a difference. Big difference, and I think people are so, so many people are afraid to look within and really do that deep work, but what they don't realize is the tremendous power that comes with it, that you actually have so much more control over the outcome of your life than you previously would have thought. Um, oh, yes. I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, it, people look at me and they say, uh, well, maybe it was easy for you. No, it wasn't mm. easy for me. Mm-hmm. It was scary. <laughs> it was yeah. scary. There were some places I didn't want to go to, to be quite honest. But in order to get to being uh, 
a happy, self-sufficient, self-confident woman, I had to go to those places. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think when you... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, release what? Finish your thought. (laughs) When you release past... No, when you release past past hurt, past Mm -hmm. toxic people, all of those things, you become whole again. There's a part of you that's missing. It's lost in that in that hurt. It stays there. And once you release it, it comes back to you and you start to become whole again. Yes, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also when you have experienced extreme pain and you actually um, do the work, then you can really appreciate the contrast of what the opposite looks like. And um, I was just thinking about that today, actually, because my daughter, my oldest daughter had a baby in March, her second child, and she was born with dislocated hips. And she was in a full body brace for the last almost three months. And it was uncomfortable. And she, you know, she, she was... She was a she's a very easygoing baby, but she was uncomfortable at night and in sleeping, and she used to scream a lot. And the brace came off this week, and my daughter has been sending me these videos. They live in Israel, and she's like, "Oh my God, this is like a whole other child." And she's so peaceful, and she sleeps well, and she sleeps twelve hours at night. And and I was thinking about this whole idea of the contrast of how much you can appreciate so much more when you've experienced something painful. And then the bliss of the peace, of being in love, of whatever it is that is the opposite of what you felt just feels so much bigger and you're more grateful for it, don't you think? Absolutely. I remember one of the pivotal moments in my healing journey was when a friend, well, she's a friend now at the time, I thought she was my most hated enemy, to be truthful, (laughs) said to me, because I was very much, you know, a victim. I was playing the victim role really well. Why did this happen to me? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember she sat there and she said, oh, you know, Susan, this story is getting to be quite boring. And perhaps you should, you should start to things in your life. And I remember looking at her and I was furious. I said, grateful. I live in a furnace room with two little girls. I have no job, no future, no this, no that. And she looked at me and smiled and she said, well, you could start with being grateful for not living with him anymore. Mm. And I went, oh, that's (laughs) a valid point. (laughs) (laughs) I still want to hate on you, but that's a valid point. (laughs) (laughs) And it was sort of from that moment when somebody was actually honest and truthful with me and said my story was getting to be boring and that I had so much more to be grateful for that I started to see that the pattern that I was falling into was a very dangerous one and that the support system, as they called it, was really not helping me. It was just helping me stay and be a victim and that I had to break free of that and start Mm -hmm. to learn and find peace and go from this place of brokenness to a place of being blissful and peaceful and finding joy again. And that was a journey I had to do on my own. And it's when you're a victim, it's really hard to see. 
you know, um, I've certainly been there, and you just feel like, well, but my life sucks. Everybody else seems to have a much better life. So, you know, and, and it can feel really hopeless, like you don't have choices. And I know now, like when I hear my youngest daughter complain, she's frustrated all the time, this is wrong and this is wrong and this person's doing this to me. And and now I see choices all over the place and I'm like, wow, you used the word frustrated like six times in that sentence. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> instead of trying to change your teacher and your friend and your dorm, you know, mate and this person and that person, what's something you can do right now, one small step that you can do that actually you know, will empower you because you can't change all those other people. Um, and no. she's like, she's finally starting to get it. She usually gets pissed off when I say things like that. But but I hear it. I hear it like I was her. I mean, I know what it feels like to feel like, God, what is wrong with everybody else? So so let's talk about this in context of dating. And because I, I see so many women posting in my Facebook group about, you know, what is wrong with men? I just keep attracting these men who treat me terribly and, you know, and, and um, you know, is it is it a coincidence? And, um, you know, and everybody's saying there's nothing wrong with you, there's something wrong with men. And that, that's so not totally the picture here. Um, you know, yep. she's attracting in the wrong men. There's a reason. So if somebody wants to begin, like, do you have like a, I don't know, like a process, like a step-by-step you know, sort of something to lay out that just kind of outlines the steps people need to take to go from broken to blissful. Well, I do. Um, and I actually call it GRACE because it's an acronym for gratitude, which somebody, I'm grateful they gave it to me. Gratitude, <laughs> release. <laughs> no, I am now. <laughs> gratitude, release, authenticity, challenge, and embrace. Those five things are the things that will step you into your peaceful, blissful, joyful place, the next chapter of your life. Gratitude we've talked about and releasing, which starts with letting go of that why. Authenticity, mm-hmm. that's the one that people are stuck on. And, and when I talk about authenticity, the one thing that I say to my clients is you are authentic and truthful. When you can say yes or no with equal grace and ease, because many women cannot say no. And Mm -hmm. when they go on a date, they're looking at it, they're trying to please him. They're going on it and saying, too loud, am I eating properly? Does he like my hair? Is my dress too tight? Am I too fat? Can he see? Blah, blah, blah. That's what they're doing. A woman who is authentic goes into a date and she's looking at him and saying, what value does he add to my life? What can we co-create together? Are we on the same wavelength? So she's looking at it from her perspective instead of from his perspective. Mm -hmm. Challenge is, yes, you're going to run into challenges. The key to challenges is getting out in front of them and kind of looking ahead of yourself and saying, okay, well, I've got the job now. I need to get the apartment to live with the two kids. Now, how am I going to go about doing that? If I save $5 a week, will it get me there? So getting out in front of your challenges and making a plan. And embrace is my mm-hmm. favorite one because that's embracing all of the joy and the fun and adding play dates to your calendar. Uh, all of those things, 
awakening your potential. When you come out of a toxic relationship, and, and I'm sure there's lots of women who can relate to this, usually your self-worth has been battered down into the ground. So you don't see yourself as having any potential. So embrace is awakening that potential, getting you back out there to being, I am worthy and I've got this. I am someone and I'm worthy of this. So that's my process that I go through in a very short, short, um, what would you call it, synopsis? Yeah, that's a good synopsis. (laughs) I love it. It's (laughs) really easy to remember, and I love the word grace. It actually is a word that came up for me so many times as I was going through this process myself um, and awakening. So I I love it. It just really speaks to me, and I'm sure it will speak to so many of our listeners. Um, Susan, our time is unfortunately up, and this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your process, and um, I know that you've inspired others. And um, now's the time for you to share how people can reach you and uh, let them know. Thank you very much for having me, Sandy. I have a website, susanball.ca, and it's S-U-S-A-N-B-A-L-L.ca. And currently right on there, I've just put on my launch for my book, which, by the way, is called Courage and Grace. So I would love it if everybody came and checked it out. And I offer a 60-minute VIP session for anybody who wants to chat with me for a while. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Good luck with your book, Courage and Grace. Great name. Um, And I'm excited to be part of your upcoming summit. Um, Yes. That's in... June, July, lose track of everybody. (laughs) June 5th. We go live on June 5th, and there's 30 experts on video, and it's it's two a day to your inbox. You can also sign up for that on my website. There's a page there for it. It's called Authentically Me, Self-Love, Unplugged. And I am one of the guest experts, and anybody who's on my list is going to get an email about that soon, and also there'll be posts on social media. So check that out. You'll see lots of wonderful interviews from uh, from different experts and the wisdom of Susan and her partner, Denise. So thank you so much again, and thanks, everybody, for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date really soon. Have a great day. 